Are you an agent struggling to understand real estate economics? Would you benefit from learning how top agents structure their businesses? Then you've come to the right place. And welcome to another edition of the Nerdy Agent Podcast. Special edition. Not a special edition where we teach you the basic economic and business principles you need to thrive in today's real estate market. I'm your host, Luke Pedersen, with my brothers and fellow nerds, AJ and Josh. What's going on, guys? Feeling super special for this I feel like it's edition. a special edition podcast. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, it's a, we, we usually release a business tip on Friday, and now we're doing a second regular podcast in the same week. How wow. can that not be a special edition? It's pretty special. I will say that the Would You Rather is a special holiday Would You Rather of yeah. the week. And it is, would you rather have the head elf as your client or Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, as your client? I feel like I would struggle to get a reindeer pre-approved, so I'm going to go with the head elf. So before, we were talking about this beforehand. Definitely Rudolph. Josh said that you an animal can't get pre-approved to buy a house. That's my understanding. And and then he asked, does... Fact checkers out there, can you And then you he asked, does a, dog, does a dog own a house? And I found Gunther, the German shepherd in Tuscany or Florida, owns a house because his... Gunther III, his great-grandfather, inherited a multi-million dollar trust from late owner German Countess Carlotta Liebenstein when she died in 1992. And the mansion he currently owns is worth about $7 million. This is far too specific to be fake, too. <laughs> it's got to be real. No, no, the, yeah, this is... Uh, and Rudolph, like, has a red nose that lights up. Like, he is far more qualified than Gunther. Now, I will say, this house was purchased in cash, so he didn't have to go through the pre-approval process. Uh, Rudolph has been around for, like, 10 I will years. also He's say there, there, cash there is a statement in here that says at least that's what the handlers who manage the estate say. What do you so think Rudolph's salary is? What is, what is Santa Fe? What does Santa pay Rudolph? It's got to be a pretty decent salary. I don't know. It's only a seasonal job, I will say. Right. He works like, like one day a year. Works out all year to get ready for the one day. I, I guess. It's kind of like playing I mean, minor league baseball. He leads the way. Like, right? I know. Yeah. Well, let's get into the podcast. We don't bore people and get them to click off the podcast. And just a caveat, already. right? We are not doing a podcast next week. We are not doing a podcast next, next week. This is the only one for this week. We're going to take next week Correct. off. We'll see you in the new year. We'll miss you. Um, this week, how we wanted to finish 2022 with another that basically the hottest button topic with interest rates and the consumer price index specifically, what the most recent numbers looked like for November and what that means for the real estate agents listening. I wanna first, we've already talked about this, you can go back and listen to other podcasts, but I want you guys to describe the consumer price index, why that matters, why agents should follow this on a monthly basis. Um, yeah, so the consumer price index just is obviously an index that tracks where prices of goods um, are going and services too, I believe mm -hmm. in there as well. Um, so there's there's the headline number, which just kind of jumbles everything in there. And then there is the uh, the core number, which I believe removes food and gasoline. Is that correct? Food or energy. 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 Food and energy. So um, the two numbers are different. So the index is just tracking on a 12 month basis most of the time um, how much things have changed in price. And then we also, obviously, and we'll get into the numbers too, but we go into the month to over month numbers too. So how much they change from last month to this month. Yep. And it's important because this is the biggest thing. We've, I think we've said this multiple times in the podcast. It's the biggest thing the Fed is looking at when they're determining what their monetary policy leads to look like. So we've talked about the changes to the overnight rate. We've talked about how Powell has looked at the overnight rates as a means to slow inflation, which is the biggest challenge that he's running up against right now. 
And so what he's doing essentially is evaluating how the CPI numbers are moving and then making decisions on how we need to evaluate uh, interest rates, which then tend to run towards uh, treasury rates, which then tend to run towards mortgage rates. All in all, it gets to higher mortgage rates as we have more increases within these other rates uh, as he makes decisions. So if CPI keeps going up, you can expect to see mortgage rates likely will keep going up. If CPI stagnates or slows or beats expectations, you can tend to expect that mortgage rates will come down. So that's why it's really, really important for you to be following this number. Um, also, if you own stocks, it really impacts the stock market. So uh, it's another good thing to keep an eye on. And each month, we're going to have an estimated CPI number and then what the CPI actually came out of. And that's why you're saying, is it going to be a better, is the CPI yeah. coming out being better or not? Because let's say they expect it to be, this is a random number, 8%, and then it's only 75 That'd be a good outcome for the CPI. Exactly. So the reality is, similar to any other public company that has reporting and earnings and all of this stuff, it's a very similar measure. This one comes out monthly. Most of those are quarterly. But everyone sets out expectations for what's going to happen, and then they report actual numbers. And the comparison point between those two is the most important thing, is are we going higher than what we thought we were going to, or are we going lower than we thought we were going to? If the numbers come in higher, the Fed is going to look at it and go, okay, we need to actually push harder with our behavior to, to, to basically bring this number down. But if the number's coming in lower than they expected, they were gonna, they're going to realize that their expectations or what they've been doing is working. And that's going to result in them feeling like they don't have to put as much pressure on the economy to minimize the inflation numbers. And the good news for the agents out there is that the CPI is probably the most tracked indexed in the United States right now, I would say, month to month. Um, and so if you just Google CPI or consumer price index, you will find articles on every single website that covers any sort of uh, politics or uh, economics. Yeah, um, but the, the Bureau of Labor Statistics has actually got where it's all reported. It's also kind of cool because they split things out in the different categories. So you can see not only like the total numbers, but you can see food by itself or energy by itself or everything minus food and energy. Um, and then you can actually play with it over time. So there's ways to actually run graphs and stuff to see how the numbers have trended on I, there. I will say that some of the articles are a little bit easier to digest. The Bureau of Labor Statistics yeah. has a lot of numbers that might be hard for people who aren't super into the numbers. I mean, and, and truthfully, it's just the headline of the article that you really need to read if it's you don't really, want to get too in-depth. Exactly. It's like, I just want to understand what were they thinking it was going to be yeah. and what was it yeah. actually. And also note that, and I don't know, you. I'm assuming you guys have been bringing this up with your clients a lot, but I've been asking every single one of my clients, do you know what the consumer price index, have you been following this? And none of them know what it is. So it's a really good way to instantly be considered somebody that knows more than the general public because if you're giving them that knowledge that they didn't know beforehand, they automatically think you're the expert, which I think is really mm -hmm. important. Um, let's talk about what the numbers were in uh, November. Oh, sorry. I'm, still, re I'm still reading about Gunther here. Uh, <laughs> I have them here. The, so I'm so, kidding. I can, no, I can go ahead. You, yeah. Go ahead. So in November, so and it comes out trailing. So in December, they released the November numbers. It was like December last week, December, Wednesday, last week. Yep. Um, the estimated numbers were going to be seven, 7.3% 7 in increase year over year, month, month of the same year last the year. headline number. Exactly. And 0.3% month over month. What they came out being was 7.1% and 0.1% respectively. So they were lower than what they were estimating they would be. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Talk about what that, what happened then when that number came out. So what happens then is um, you, you, the traders start trading, right? So they they use their past experience about what Jerome Powell has been saying about what he's going to do. Um, 
and his signaling and they say, hey, now that this happened, he's probably going to do things maybe a little bit differently or potentially slow down. Um, so things started moving. They started moving a lot more at, after the next week or was it the next day that he got up and spoke? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then he says things and then that also makes things move. So what, what mostly happened was the 10-year yield um, started to drop fairly quickly. And that's, that's the yield that usually determines um, what 30-year fixed mortgage rates are doing. And so rates were, let's say, before that number came out, were roughly six and a half to six seven five before the number came out, and now they're sitting six to six. They 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 dropped they dropped quite a bit, so they were probably like six three six five. I feel like before the number, then they dropped into seem like this is like good credit twenty percent down. Hypotheticals. They probably dropped about fifty basis points when the news first broke. Then as people kept talking. What tends to happen is you see a very quick response, like up or down. If it's good or bad news, the response is really aggressive at first. And then within the next 24 hours, I think people tend to digest it a little bit more and listen to him a little bit more. And things kind of come back down to normal. So we have seen rates drop a little bit. Uh, they dropped a lot right away. And then they kind of started creeping back up. But they're probably in the low sixes right the, now. The 10-year broke the its boundaries for the last couple weeks today. It actually went up quite a bit. But so then something to keep in mind as well for your clients would be that if you had someone looking in September and the lender gave you a price on what they can afford and all of a sudden you're still looking at houses and you haven't re-talked to the lender and nobody said anything, it'd be a situation where, hey lender, well, like, what's our new price? What's the monthly payment look like? Because I had somebody that priced out a house three weeks ago and then we just priced it out again. It was like $150 a month difference on what the mortgage payment would be. Yep. Um, so it's something that agents can help your clients and maybe they can get a little bit nicer house too for the same monthly payment possibly. Yeah, so good story. I have I had two clients that were under contract when the CPI news came out this last week. I called uh, both of them that morning at about 8.30 because the news broke positively. The expectation we were hearing from some of our lender partners was rates might drop as much as 30 to 50 basis points. Um, so I actually called them and said, you should be talking to your lender today about locking your rate in because you are seeing positivity out here in the, in the rates. So both of them actually locked in. Um, and then the next day, uh, numbers actually, because of more news, went back up a little bit. So I think they saved about 20 basis points on where they locked in versus where the rates are today. Just by having that conversation with their lender on the day when the CPI news broke and was positive. And so if you want to think about this for no reason other than helping people, if you know what's going on, you can actually help save your clients money for 30 years um, by just having these conversations and tracking where these numbers are. $150 a month for 30 years is $54,000. It's a lot of money. That's And that's a lot of money. And, and like you had said, not only can you be the expert, but now you can actually save people money, which feels really good. Yeah. It does. It feels great. In the first place. And it's going to give you a far better chance of getting referrals, mm-hmm. selfishly, right? And so it's something you should 100% be tracking and your lender should for sure be tracking it or at least ask them about it um, if you don't know if they track it or not. Um, the other piece I wanted to get into is because we have the CPI comes out and then Powell typically says something, right? I want to talk about the differences in kind of what happens when he says, like, what did he say this last time and what did that do? He didn't react like as like swiftly as like we beat this as people thought he would, I think. That's the second time in a row, by the way. Well, I mean, it's... Every month it's kind of like, yeah, and then he's like, we still have a long way to go. Yeah, it's like, it's it's important for him to say that. I think he's like, the thing I like about him is he's not super volatile, so he didn't say like whoa, 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 I actually thought it was going to be lower than that. Like, he doesn't, like, say stupid stuff like that. And he also doesn't say, like, we beat it, hooray! 
Um, so either way, he just kind of sits in the middle. He's like, yeah, it's good, but like we're still going to keep working on this. And then that signaled to the traders again that, well, maybe he's not going to you know, slow down as fast as we thought yesterday, or maybe he's not going to lower them. You know, the, He gave a terminal rate that was a little bit higher, I think, than what most people yep. were expecting. And so I think it is important to note that not necessarily be upset with when he says that, but know that he's playing the long game. We're not trying to have rates drop super fast right now, so inflation jumps back up, and then we have to raise it again, and then stuff goes haywire. That's what happened in the 80s. That's what happened. Well, considering what's happened in real estate, in the finance markets for the last, I mean, like, go back to 2008, right? Like, a lot of the very greed and bit, like, aggressive behaviors in the finance world have caused bigger problems because we're trying to push for whether it's economic growth or making money in the stock market or whatever— there's all this energy push behind it, but then sometimes it has adverse consequences. So at least I really respect that Powell's always like, here's what I think is actually happening versus trying to spin a narrative for political reasons or economic reasons. He just keeps on pushing forward with what he thinks is best. And hopefully in the long run, that's going to result in better outcomes for us than, you know, we solved it in the short term here. Um, that's always been my take on his approach. Well, he, he talks like he says, like reset. He said that about a few different industries, he said it about real estate. People are like, oh, he wants the prices to go down. And I'm like, no, I actually think what he's going to do here is in the next six months, and we've talked about this, you're going to see that the 12-month trailing number is going to be lower because mm-hmm. it's working off of a much higher number. Mm-hmm. And if these monthly numbers keep coming in at 0.1 or 0.2, they're going to get close back to achieving their long-term goal of 2% inflation, mm-hmm. um, which is ultimately what they always have said. So they're going to get there within this year. Um, yeah, it's just a, a matter of, of how we get there and how softly it all lands. And that's what he's trying to accomplish, I think, is like to slow it all down more, but not like shock it right away. And that hopefully will make interest rates land a little bit more uh, solidly, I guess is maybe the right word. Consistent. Yeah, consistent. yeah I mean, the problem we've yeah. had is interest rates are jumping everywhere. And we've had a lot of clients that are just like, I don't know what's going on here, guys. Like, I can't track this. I don't know where it's going. So I'm just out. Like, mm-hmm. So if there's more consistency within rates, I think everyone's going to have more success within the market because buyers are going to have a level of confidence and sellers are going to have a level of confidence where pricing is going. It's just going to create more like we know where the market is going now. We're happy to get in the game. If we're playing a game, we don't know the rules or we don't know like how we keep score. You don't really want to play that game anymore. But if you at least know the rules, even if you don't like the rules, you're more willing to actually play the game. And we'd also be lying to ourselves if we didn't all agree that affordability in real estate is not very good right now. I mean, nope. the affordability index number is way too high. Um, and so I think a lot of this should at least help that number come back to earth a little bit. Um, so Yeah, no, affordability. What, what do you track? Affordability index is like 90 this last month? 90-something? I didn't see it this last month. I was just out of Yeah, it usually comes out mid-month. What was it last I month, though? In November? Yeah. It was under 100 again. Yeah, it was. So we need was, that number in the... it went one... from 95 to 99 here locally, maybe. Okay. We want that number in the 120 the market, range, kind of a minimum. Different. The big thing in real estate is that the national numbers are not the same as the... Yep. Especially right now. It's macro, macro, really hard right now. Mm-hmm. Micro, super yeah. micro-focused yeah. right now yeah. in real estate, which is um, make sure you're following those numbers as well. Um, but that's all we have on the CPI index today. We will see you in two weeks in the new year, and we might have some Happy more CPI holidays. numbers in January for you as well. That's all we have for the Nerdy Agent Podcast. Get some rest. Happy holidays. And as always, be better.